You're listening to Nextcast. You're listening to Nextcast. You are listening to Nextcast. A podcast from Nexus International School in Singapore. Hello everyone, I'm Jack, Year 10 Learner and your host for today. And with us is Miss Steph. Thanks for taking part in the next cast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Well, that was such a spiffy opener, Jack. Well done. Okay, I wonder if I can match your energy. Hi, I'm Miss Steph. So I'm the deputy head of the secondary school. And I've been at Nexus for six, nearly seven years now. But I am so delighted to be on your podcast today. It's wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Can you please tell us about the journey that led you to becoming a PHE teacher and deputy head of Nexus? Mm, absolutely. So uh, what you might be interested to know is that I don't actually have a PE teaching qualification. <laughs> Shock oh. horror. I'm actually a trained dancer. So my whole journey was actually in dance before I came to PE. So my PGCE is in dance and I started my teaching career as a dance teacher. But you probably know sports always been in my life mm. as well. So I've been a netball player. I was an athlete as a kid. I was a, I threw shot put as a wow. kind of Kent champion as a kid. I've done judo. I've done all kinds of things. And that actually really served me so that when I was teaching dance, I always taught a little bit of PE. And when I moved to Asia, it was quite difficult to get a dance job. It didn't really exist. So I took a PE teaching job at my school before Nexus and then just kind of stuck with... PE, um, which has always been such a huge passion. So it's not a difficult thing to teach, but I find little opportunities to teach dance wherever I can, like the school musical. And when I got my job as the deputy head, I'd just come out of doing my master's course. So I have a master's in uh, educational leadership and policy. And Mr. David Wade, who you remember, the old principal, we did our master's together. That's how we met. And we were sat around a table one day and I was talking about wanting to move on from my previous school. And he said, I think I've got just the job for you. I need someone to come to Nexus and to sort out trips and CCAs and really get behind that program. And I knew it was something that I could do. So I actually came here as the EOTC coordinator and then the role for deputy head came up. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to back myself on this. I've had some great experience in the UK of leadership. I haven't done so much of it in Asia, but I've just come out of this master's and I'm ready for a challenge. And me and Miss Fiona got the job at the same time. And then Miss Fiona has gone on to become the head of the primary school. But there's something very special about the relationship that me and Miss, me, uh, me and Miss Fiona have for that exact reason, because we started that job exactly the same time. It's wonderful. So about dance, we heard that you had recently had part in the production mm. of The 39 Steps to give our listeners the chance to get to know you better. Could you please tell us about your personal passions? Absolutely. So I actually talked about this in an assembly. I talked about it saying to the kids, we tell you all the time to do things that are risk taking. And I love the idea that I could actually genuinely say I've done something that was terrifying so I'd seen this advert come up for a company called the um, Stage Club. And I'd choreographed for them about four years ago. I'd choreographed um, Cabaret. And I haven't really done an awful lot of, of acting. It was my kind of second love behind dance and a little bit of singing. And I thought, you know what? I want something that is a real 
counterbalance to schoolwork. And we tell you guys all the time, do clubs, do CCAs, do sports, do something that counterbalances being sat at a desk. But very rarely as a grown-up do you get the chance to do that. So one Sunday morning, I went over to Goodman Arts Centre and did this audition. And I walked in and I thought I was auditioning for another part. And the guy saw me, he saw kind of my physicality and what I could do. And he gave me a piece of paper and said, can you read this? So I read it. And he said, right, can you now read it in a Cockney accent? And it, I, st- I thought about Bert from Mary Poppins. By the end of it, it was Australian. And then he said, can you do this in um, uh, a, a German-Russian accent? And by the end of that, it was Welsh. And then he said, right, can you do it in a really uh, plummy English accent, like you are the Queen? And by the end of that, I don't know who I was. So I, I thought I'd done this really, really awful audition where clearly I couldn't do accents. But lo and behold, I got this, got the job. And I hadn't read the script, which is what you never do for an audition. I hadn't read it. I'd read the first page and it was clown two. So when they said I got the job and all this huge rehearsal schedule, I wrote back to him and said, oh, thank you so much. But being as I've just got one page because I'm clown two, surely I just come along to one or two rehearsals, right? And he wrote back and said, you haven't read the script, have you? It's a four-person play of which one whole role is clown two. Clown one, clown two, the lead who's Richard Hannay and this other kind of uh, woman who plays three different characters. So it was a big commitment, but it's the most fun I've had in years. And I can only describe it as joy, doing something that has no purpose. There was no exam. It wasn't for my CV. There was no purpose to do this other than joy. And there were times in rehearsal where I was laughing so much, I thought I was going to wet myself. And I had to say to people, stop, 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 I can't, I'm laughing so much. And my face would hurt the next day from laughing. And it just reminds me of when we watch you guys doing CCAs and sports and musicals, where you're giggling and sometimes we're like, guys, we've got to move on, please stop laughing. But how wonderful to do something that genuinely warmed my heart and made me so enjoy the arts again. And... I loved it. It was a 10-night run of a show. So even when I was doing sort of some semi-professional work in London, we did, I did some um, independent musicals in the West End, but they would be sort of a couple of weekends. You'd build a show up independently, put it on at the Palladium for two Sundays, and that's it. You'd disband the cast and do something else. You never had a 10-night run of anything. And that was quite daunting. I was like, I've still got to go to work. I've still got to, you know, be well and healthy yeah, I've got to do a 10-night run of a show, two matinees, and turn up. People have paid money for this. So I found a little bit of an extra resilience that I didn't quite know I had. And that was something else. I thought, what a great reflection from a process to have found a quality about myself I didn't know I had. So, yeah, a great experience. It's wonderful. Yeah. I'm quite interested in this play now. Do you want to give us, like, its main story? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, do you know, it was originally a Hitchcock film. So Hitchcock does a lot of um, kind of suspension and thriller, and people know him best for um, Psycho, which is the shower scene. Ah. <laughs> but he does some really cool stuff with cinematography um, and pioneered a lot of ways of, of filmmaking. But this is a farce, and a farce is a, is a comical way to represent a story. So it's a spy story. So this guy, Richard Hannay, meets this lady at a theatre. She goes back to his. He makes her some haddock, which was a funny line of the show. Would you like some haddock? And then she gets stabbed in the back. 
and he mm. dies on her and they do it in such a funny way he's in an armchair and she dies across him like rigor mortis and he has to slide out from underneath this body uh, and we couldn't do that in the end because her armchair was too hard so she laid on the floor and the actor had to kick kick her off and then there's these two the, the one of the roles I played these two clowns and I play 13 characters throughout wow. the whole of the play it's a lot so I play a spy, um, I play this incredible character who's this Scottish uh, McGarrigals and she was my favourite character to play she was cheeky. So she kept, um, at one point she sort of lifts up her husband's skirt and she's just a, an annoying character but I loved her, she was my favourite character to play. Um, and yeah, I play another character where I play someone who's um, supposed to be a little bit um, stupid and I did it in a Birmingham accent. <laughs> Sorry to all the Birmingham listeners out there. Aww. But I had to do things like, what are you talking about? And I really liked him because he had some silly moments too. But stretched me in terms of my ability, but it was comedic stuff. And I really enjoy comedic timing. I think that kind of British sense of humour of kind of wit and sarcasm kind of came through. And I grew up on this stuff, so... If I think about the things that were playing in our house as a kid, it was all these things. It was the two Ronnies and it was Victoria Wood and um, it was reruns of like Last Summer Wine and just really basic British comedy was bread and butter in our house. Uh, Hancock's Half Hour, which you will not know what that is, but it was a radio play that my dad used to listen to. And even that I knew about as a kid. It was played in our house. Um, so there's a significant input of... British comedy that I put into that um, play and actually we filmed it so I can show my mum and dad and I absolutely know there'll be moments where they've gone you've nicked that from this you've nicked that and I'll be like yeah I have there's there's all of that influence I've taken and used in my performance wow that's amazing right um coming back to Nexus for Mm. anyone listening who doesn't know about the recipe can you tell us what it is and what it (laughs) do you know I really want to throw this question back to you and ask you if you know what the recipe is, but that's super mean, so I'm not going to do it. So, for anyone who doesn't know what the recipe is, respect, excellence, communication, integrity, passion, and really quite importantly, the bottom one, enjoyable environment. And uh, it's a bit boring, the recipe. So every year I do an assembly. Where you bring out the cake, don't you? Yeah. But I try and top it every year. So last year I did it as... um, Taking things that could, uh, tangible things, and I think I bought a brick along to be the environment. I got a kid to take their shoe off to do passions, and I mixed them all up in a bowl, and it was silly because there was like a shoe, and there was um, a heart that was in Mr. Duncan's pocket, and he picked out a heart for respect, or Mr. Miss Heather had it, and there was a phone that I took off somebody, and I mixed them all in a big bowl, (laughs) and then I went off stage pretended I was baking, and I bought on the cake. Now, the cake, as you know, is a Mm. prop from. Uh, what show Mary Poppins excellent so we reused the cake that Mary does in that whole scene with the disaster and she makes this cake and it goes splat and it gets remade again so Miss Carrie Ann made that cake it was brilliant she made it when she had Covid actually and so the next year how do we top that because kids that don't know me know me as either the tall lady (laughs) the tall lady with the bag or the girl that does the cake on stage which I love so in the little kids know me as oh you're the cake one the little kids know me as Mike Guy. There you go. Yeah. We all have a different way we're known at the school. So I thought this year we'll do real ingredients. <gasps> so hidden underneath was the eggs and the flour and the salt and the milk. Oh, and the yeah. idea was, 
I think I made some tangible connection to um, ex- excellence with the eggs. <laughs> I and do remember that. Something like, uh, we all got to respect the flower. I don't know. I made some terrible tangible connections. And we got everybody in their apron and their hat and we mixed it on stage. And it was sticky for weeks on that stage. But the same joke applied. We all went off stage. We pretended we were finding a microwave and we came on with the big cake. So I can't think what I'm going to do next year to top it. But for me, the idea that people just remember one thing about that assembly, oh, it was the eggs that were excellent or the idea that many ingredients combined to make something. There's a danger in reading that recipe and thinking one thing is more important than the other. And the enjoyable environment is often left off. And environments doesn't mean walls and bricks and mortar. And I think when we moved to this school, people forgot that Nexus was this incredible environment before we even came here. It was this incredible culture and school at a tiny, flat, run-down school, as you know, in Ulupandan. And when it came here... Yes, the facade got pretty, but bricks and mortar don't make a school. People make a school. So when we say enjoyable environments, that still means people, and that still means the feeling of the school. Yes, the bricks and mortar make it really easy to market because this incredible picture, and if you're looking to come here as a, as a parent, as a teacher, as a kid, you're looking at that website and going, that is a state-of-the-art school, but I still love that it's the people that make that recipe. Continuing on from cake, <laughs> if you were having lunch at school, mm. which do you prefer, the canteen or the eco-cafe? Now, I can answer this question based on time. Ah. And I go back to my story of the tall lady that walks around with a backpack on her back. I haven't had a lunch in six years. Oh, my. And that's not a problem because I have more time. As senior leadership, we have more time than anybody else. Teachers work so hard at this school And actually, the joy of going up and sitting in the cafeteria and spending 30 minutes eating a cooked hot cooked meal and talking to other colleagues, I think, is glorious. My time tends to not be at lunchtime. That's when I'm roaming around. I'm catching up with kids. I'm uh, covering duties. So for me, it's that grab and go tuna sandwich down at the Eco Cafe because it serves the fact that I'm moving around. And I like that. It's my chance to chat to kids kind of catch up with anybody and so it's the time that the whole school is busy and not in lessons and it's a really good time for me to be out and to be seen so I have never sat at our current cafeteria and had a meal except when we have staff ones Ah. so we have some really lovely inset days with the cafeteria serve us or we have an incredible like Christmas dinner that's made by a cafeteria and then we then we can sit and do it. But I do like walking around and saying to the kids, what is that today? And they're like, I don't know, it's something covered in, <laughs> something in a sauce. And I'm like, do you not even know what it is? But um, I sometimes see this like duck being carved or this oh, carvery. Yeah. And I think, what's that? I see the chef sort of sharpening his knives, cutting this carvery. So I really think there's some good food up there. But for me, it's that tuna sandwich grab and go, which is delicious. That's wonderful. I do like the tuna sandwiches. Mm. They do taste very nice. Egg's my second choice. Egg sandwich. Eggs are also very nice. <laughs> we see flashes of you on every floor during the school day. Mm. You always seem busy and the students of Nexus are curious. Mm. Can you describe your average day at school? What a great question. And you know why I've still been here for seven years is because not one day is repetitive. There's always something different going on or something that, that kind of crops up and it keeps things so interesting. And I really like that. And I think for me, I've recognised my dopamine, that kind of good flood from my home uh, in, in your head comes from 
being challenged in so many different ways and in I guess kind of wanting to be challenged it's not wanting to sit in my office and hide away I love that things mean that I get to go and watch lessons or I get to support some learners who are struggling or a teacher who's new and just lost their way a little bit and then there's all new things coming in and as we grow as a school it's those incredible relationships and partnerships with people outside of school and there was a phrase just before covid when we were working with SRT Singapore Repertory Theatre and they came and did a really cool thing with us for uh, Wellbeing Week. They worked with Year 5 and 6 on this book, um, The Boy in the Box or something like that. And it was all about my identity. And then they came and worked on a Saturday morning for the Young Club. And now the Young Inclusive Company works with us on a Saturday morning. And there's so many things like that that I keep wanting to get involved in and think, oh, I've got to pin it for the moment because I've got something else going on. And the fact that we've grown NYP at the school, that's been my little baby for three years and that's brilliant. We now have NYP year seven, eight and nine. So that's been my project. So I'm after the next big one. I don't know what it is yet, but there's something where I really want to get my teeth into the next thing that makes Nexus incredible. But how can we make it even better? So going back to your original question, I like being busy. I like being around the school. I also like the fact that I'm not stuck on one floor. I love the fact that sometimes I'm down in kindy one, two and three. And that's because I do things like trips and CCAs that cover the whole part of the school. It's interesting when people join the school, I've been doing some interviews this week for new members of staff and they've been asking me about the building and they're saying, so is it three separate buildings for different parts of the school? And I'm like, no, we're just all in one. And they're like, but that, that doesn't work. And I'm like, it does. You see... Year 12s and 13s walking across the atrium and then you've got a bunch of little kindy kids in a line all in their swimming kit heading mm. out and they might wave to the older kids and vice versa. And those are heartwarming moments for me. I love that. That one big community that transcends the 12 floors of the building. Um, so, yeah, really enjoy that I get to be around. What a luxury to visit all different parts of the school. Yeah, I love, love this school. <laughs> yes wonderful we're all advocates for it yes <laughs> uh, finally can you share with us one of the proudest moments you've had mm. at nexus do you know i found this question really difficult and you had the good foresight to, to send me these questions so i could think them through now every single one of those i didn't even need to think about the proudest moment i had to think about and i wonder if it's this idea that success is made up of tiny moments or habits or change is made up of tiny decisions it's part of something smaller that makes up something bigger so I struggled to find one moment where I would say that's it that's the kind of the proud moment but it got me thinking about the little tiny things that I can do to kind of make some changes and one of the first things I did when I got here was change the system around trips we had this trip leader that has got no ratios attached to them so they sit at the top and everybody else has the ratio. It's like 1 to 15. And it worked really well. So we now apply it to something in our school, which is called a duty captain. So they roam around in the day and they have lots of people doing duty. But if you're sick, the duty captain drops down and covers for you. And what I realised I was starting to do was change systems and processes at the school. And actually, I'm really proud of that. It's, a, it's almost what we'd call a change maker. There are things at this school that will last beyond me. So my legacy doesn't need to be a plaque on the wall. It's somebody in a few years' time, when I'm not here, will go, why do we have duty captains? And someone will go, oh, it was this deputy head called Steph that she brought that in. 
and they'll go, it's a really good idea, hopefully. Or they'll go, it's rubbish, get rid of it. <laughs> but there'll be little things that I've implemented and changed, which actually equal up to small little things. When you add them together, I think I've actually genuinely changed things in this school. And again, I have the luxury of sitting on SLT, the senior leadership team, and we meet twice a week. And we make small little changes. And when we make them, and this is why I love this school, at the heart of all those decisions always is, will it benefit the learners? Will it benefit our staff? And if it doesn't, we don't do it. And often those decisions are made first around the learners, then around the staff. And then the layer somewhere above it is, how will the community see it and how much does it cost? But I love that still as a school, the decision making is that first and other layers need to be added in. And I like that I've maybe been able to maintain that. Being one of those members of staff that travelled over from Ulupandan, I felt like a bit of a, a firekeeper. I've got to keep something alive because I joined this school and suddenly lit up again as a member of staff. I enjoyed the previous school, but suddenly something about Nexus made me want to work hard for people. And I love this idea that people work hard for people. They don't work hard for businesses and money. They work hard for people. And the relationships and how people felt about each other at the school was incredible it was fireworks and when you hear people join the school or you hear new learners that join the school and I hear them sometimes talking lifts going we couldn't do this at our last school or I've started a CCA I couldn't do that at my last school and we're sat here with you you know practically running this CCA and that's incredible and the things that you've done at this school you had a passion around being involved in the tech crew as we were speaking about before you run stage left so I love this idea that we invest so much in people, but that doesn't come from huge moments of change making. It comes from tiny little moments. We've all got these little projects that we're proud of. And I wonder if you spoke to any other member of SLT, I wonder what they'd say. I wonder if they'd speak about this idea of collaboration and leaning in to solve a problem. But no one's got this one standalone, I've done this, I've changed this. I think everybody would talk about the fact that we're all little change makers. Um, and that's yeah that's my proudest moment I feel like I haven't answered the question because I couldn't mm. so I've given myself a get out clause that's perfectly fine <laughs> that was a great answer thank you <laughs> so uh thanks for joining us on the next cast oh, it's, it's wonderful having you thank here you. you've been a wonderful host Jack well done thank you so much and that concludes this episode for the next cast thank you for listening Thank you for sticking to the end of the episode. Make sure you go subscribe on whatever apps you get your podcast from, and we'll see you next time. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to contact us at nextcast at nexus.edu.sg. listening to Next Cast. Next Cast. Next Cast.